my body is not the most interesting thing about me, regardless of what society and the media wants to tell me. And so anytime I'm getting those moments where I'm having those thoughts that shouldn't be there, um, that's what I also just try to remind myself. Hi, my name is Brady and I'm a longtime fitness professional and Midwest girl turned mountain living hiking addict. In combining my knowledge of fitness and passion for hiking, I've helped hundreds of women get lean and strong for the trails. Think of this as your one-stop shop for both education and inspiration on all things female wellness, trail talk, and adventure. Hiking, female metabolism, motherhood, nutrition, travel, and fitness are all topics you'll hear discussed here. If you are outdoorsy and active, looking to level up your health, unlock your potential, and become inspired to live your most vibrant life, you're in the right place. You're listening to the Fit for Hiking podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Fit for Hiking podcast. Today we have a guest on the show. This is actually my first uh, guest interview. So thank you so much for being here, Katie. Um, If you could just tell listeners a little bit about yourself and why you're here today to chat, uh, that would be awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And super exciting. I'm the first guest. Hopefully I do it justice for everyone following. Um, but, um, my name is Katie and I currently live in Denver, Colorado. Um, my background in outdoors, hiking, all that stuff started at a really young age. Um, I'm from Minnesota originally. So we grew up camping Northern Minnesota in Canada, going to Oregon, Montana, all that fun stuff. Um, but I actually went to college out in Kansas, lived in Kansas city, Missouri for close to about 10 years total lost a lot of that sort of hobby because not much to do out there. And then um, last year had a, just kind of some life stuff happen. And I found myself in Denver, Colorado, which has always been a dream and have been able to revisit those hobbies, pick them back up again. Um, so that's kind of my background. And I saw that you posted to your Instagram page um, asking for folks who had um, topics that they wanted to talk about. And I think I have just, this is something that's been on my mind in general for the last several months about um, women specifically in our space, in um, the outdoors, in our fitness, body image, and kind of due to the nature of my move here um, and not knowing as many people as I did in Kansas City, I've been doing a lot of things alone on my own, and that's been a really big learning experience as well. So I just thought if I have the opportunity to help anyone else with that, anything related to any of those, why not um, do that? So yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Cool. Well, Just so our listeners know, what we are wanting to dig into today is kind of the topic of body image and how women getting into outdoor activities can really be quite transformative from a standpoint of we're no longer so focused on the physical appearance of our bodies. And it's more so it really shifts in a positive direction towards what we can do and building that confidence and in, in our body's abilities. And that is such a big pillar of kind of what we focus on um, in our fit for hiking coaching and on the podcast, on Instagram, all these things, because I just feel like it's a message that needs to be out there that women's bodies aren't always just meant to like look a certain way. We don't need to exercise only for the goal of being smaller, all of these things. So it's kind of a loaded topic, but we're going to kind of get into it today. Um, so if you could just tell us a, a little bit about like your body image struggles, um, and when that started, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be able to relate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think like most women in today's society at a really young age is when I really started struggling with body image. Um, I think it's important to note for context, I'm really tall. I'm six feet tall and I've been this tall since I was 12 years old. 
Wow. So growing up, I was way taller than the rest of my friends. I was taller than the boys in middle school. And I just felt different, which I think as a young kid is the biggest thing that we notice is what we're different, um, Mm -hmm. what makes us different and not in a good way, or that's how it feels in the time. As an adult, I've grown to love and appreciate it. And now what makes us different is wonderful, beautiful things. But um, that's all really when it started was middle school and just, um, comments that were made to me by people um, about my height specifically, that was really what, what it started in um, with height. But of course, everything that we see in the media also then comes down to you know weight that comes into play as well. So all of that really started at a young age. Um, and then we went kind of fast forward, I guess, to college. When I went to college, I went to a big school that impacted me the way that you know, it can impact a lot of people. And it kind of got to the point where I was really just uncomfortable. Um, I was an athlete my entire life, played volleyball, was running, and then college came and that kind of stopped. And so it kind of got to this point where um, I was just objectively, you know, exercising that less, that got into my head. I was in a sorority. I was surrounded by lots of women who are, you know, wonderful people, um, but just you, you're surrounded by people and you always just have those things in your mind and insecurities of, oh my gosh, well, they look like that. Should I be looking like that? Like just all that sort of stuff um, really does, I guess, um, kind of play into it. So that's where it all started. And um, I guess, sorry, what was the follow-up question together? But just kind of where it started and then. Yeah. And so how did exercise factor in? Like, was that mm-hmm. something that you were using to try to, you know, feel a certain way about your body? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in when I was probably a sophomore in college or so was really when I started really getting seriously into running. Um, I had a summer home where I went home for the summer and I was like, you know what, I have nothing to do this summer. I'm going to lose a lot of weight. That's what I'm going to do this summer. Mm. That was my goal. And I picked up running. And on one hand, I love running because it is mental um, it's like therapy for me, like that is just what clears my head. It is what just makes me at peace. However, at the time I had really shallow intentions with it, to be totally honest. Yeah. Um, in yeah. my mind, it was like the faster I run, I would think about how many extra calories I'm burning. Mm. Um, you know, the whole, I'm not, you know, just all that sort of stuff just really adds up. And it's so I common. Just, like, I feel yeah. like with, with running, especially, and not for everyone, but it is such a common thing of like, just running is tied to like weight loss in, in yep. our minds. It's like, well, yep. if I'm doing this, it's for the goal of like being smaller because that's the yep. runner's body. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's just like, it's a burn, burn, burn mentality as opposed mm-hmm. to building. And yeah. so I had that burn mentality and, you know, more miles equals better and all that stuff. Um, and so I definitely got into running. Um, and that was honestly one of the intentions and it, it's just interesting to think about as women, because my dad is a long distance runner, ultramarathon runner, all of the things. And we've wow. talked about this actually in a close relationship. And for him, it's always just been about the goal and the accomplishment and mm-hmm. what can I do and never about his physical appearance. And so I think that's also just an interesting dynamic to think about too, as men versus women with that. Um, but I think as far as directly how exercise initially impacted the body image thing, it was I was using running as a tool to get smaller, to feel better about myself, as opposed to um, something that was more goal oriented and all of the wins that are not weight related. Um, yeah. I wasn't focused on those at first, so. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what eventually caused 
a switch to where you were starting to more so focus on what your body could do and appreciation, having that confidence instead of everything being about weight loss or appearance based? So we fast, what's a great question. I have a couple of answers to this. If we fast forward a few years after my initial kick in running, um, I had, I went through a breakup and I was like, how do I cope with this? My friends are tired of hearing about this. What can I do? And I was like, oh, I used to love running, but I lost that um, kind of passion for a while. So I got back into it this time more for the kind of freedom mindset part of it. And even when I was in my initial running phase, I was really only going about, I want to say five to six, seven miles at a time. This time I was like, what if I signed up for a half marathon and I could do that? And I was more of a volleyball player growing up. So at the time, my identity wasn't a runner. I was a volleyball player who just happened to run on the side. Yeah. And in my mind, the half marathon was a, was a runner's thing. I'm not a runner, so I can't do that. Long distance, no, no, no. But I was like, you know what? How cool would it be? I, I pictured what I would feel like crossing the finish line and what that would look like and feel like. And that feeling, like I have like chills kind of thinking about it because the, my first half marathon I ran was the most transformative thing I've ever done in my life because it was something that I did not think I could do. But I signed up for it and I told everyone who would listen, I was doing it because I was like, hey, if I, my ego's a little too big. If I, if I tell everyone, I can't back down now. Yes. So um, I asked my dad for um, uh, help with a training plan and it really changed everything for me as far as my mindset behind fitness and its role in my life and what it could do for me. Mm. Um, really going through literally putting one set or one foot in front of another and every with every uh training run that I did that was one mile fast or one mile further or a little bit faster pace I was like I can do this like I can do something that I didn't think that I ever could and that feeling was addicting I was like I want to do this again and again so I ran that first half marathon and I would it was just the most I cried when I crossed the finish line because it was again just something I never thought I could do and in that moment, I had just gratitude for my body. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, I had um, one of my best friends. She has always been a runner. At the time, she was going through really bad chronic back pain. And so she couldn't run. And so it kind of just thinking about that juxtaposition of my body is allowing me to do this. I'm physically capable of doing this. I should appreciate this like vessel that's allowing me to do this as opposed to you know beating her up, being critical, mm -hmm. saying things that I would never say to my friends or anyone around me. Um, and so that's really when it started was that appreciation. And I wrote this whole Facebook paragraph when I happened to happen. And I said, you can do really, really hard things if you set your mind to it. And Glennon Doyle has a quote that's, um, you know, we can do hard things. Mm -hmm. And that has really carried me a long way. So that was kind of where it all started. Then I myself had a running injury from um, one of my races that I did. And that has kind of put me out of commission as far as running right now. And so that's been a whole new battle to learn because I then for a while have identified as a runner that gets taken away from you now what and so um the injury itself oddly enough has also helped me appreciate my body again for what it can do as opposed to what it can't and so when I moved to Colorado and I was able to start hiking again that's something that doesn't um what's the word, uh, like make my knee flare up as much as running does. And yeah. so I grew up hiking. That was one of the main reasons I moved out here. And so I was doing that really helped with, again, just appreciation. You know what? I can't run right now the way I want to. I could sit here and I could get frustrated, upset, bitter, and just throw in the towel entirely. But instead I kind of redirected that to a new hobby, new passion. And 
again, appreciate what my body can do as opposed to what it can't or what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And then if I want to tie the hiking part back to the whole height insecurity thing that I had um, for a long time growing up, this was actually a few months ago. Um, my roommate and I were on a hike and we had to do some scrambling at the end and my foot um, and we had to just kind of go down a little cliff situation. And I'm really afraid of heights, which is ironic because I'm so tall and I hike and stuff, but when it's <laughs> kind of a more complicated technical stuff, that's when I get a little bit um, scared. And she's way shorter than me. And she was like really struggling, basically had to hop down. And I just lowered myself, my feet find the ground. Oh, we're good. And so that created a whole new appreciation, not just for my body, but my height specifically. I'm like, okay, I can reach things that people can't reach. When I, you know, go down these like cliffs, my feet and my legs can find the ground faster. And so that, again, just really made me appreciate all of what my body can do as opposed to just what it looks like, you know, what everyone else is doing, the comparison game. So yeah, it's kind of long way to but it's such a powerful thing though, when that shift can happen where it's no longer all about how you look, being as skinny as possible, looking just like everyone else and more so just truly enjoying. And even like when you were running that second time around, like I can definitely relate to that because I was a I would say a runner, you know, I did a couple half marathons when I was in my early twenties, but the intentions were so bad and so different, very similar to your story where it was like, I was literally signing up for those things as like motivation to lose weight. And that was my whole goal with it. And now I'm actually running a half marathon in like a week and a half. And I never thought I would do another one. I, but I, have a totally different mental approach to it now where like, I genuinely am enjoying it because I never thought I was going to be in that place again, where like mentally I could do it and it'd be a healthy thing. And now I'm just like, wow, this is awesome. Like I gave birth a year ago and now I'm running a half marathon and I never thought I was going to run again because I had so many like pelvic floor issues after giving birth. So it's more of just this like celebration of like, my body's able to do this. Like, and I'm actually having fun with it and I'm not trying to restrict myself or like punish my body in any way. And the same goes for hiking. Like you can't be out there and be obsessed with how you look and all of these things, because you're, you have to be present and focused on what you're doing. And it's just truly like a celebration is how I feel like I'm so grateful yeah. that I'm able to be a like outdoors doing this, that I live in close proximity to this activity and that my body is allowing me to do it. And it's really cool to have that other motivation other than I'm just going to go work out so I can be as thin as I possibly can. 100%. And I think you bringing up, you know, that term celebration is so accurate. And I think something that a lot of women probably can relate to too you have events on the horizon. And what do we do before those events like weddings and graduations is we work out a lot before vacation to feel our smallest and lose weight. And that's not sustainable. And that intrinsic motivation of the celebration and the gratitude is what's um, sustainable for life. And I think for most people in this place, like my hopeful goal is as long as I'm physically able, I lead a lifestyle that's healthy and active, you know, the rest of my life. And that's only sustainable if you're celebrating the wins within that intrinsically, as opposed to just having, you know, a deadline or a timeline to lose weight. Like that's just not sustainable. Yes. Um, that's something I talk about with my clients a lot is like, 
that mental shift, because if, if all you're focusing on is scale, the scale, the scale, the scale, how your body is looking, you're missing out on the opportunity to truly build this lifestyle that is like going to sustain you far beyond reaching your goal weight. And it has to be about the process other than just the product of like, Mm -hmm. I've achieved this, you know, weight that I've always wanted, because if you achieve it by means that aren't realistic long-term, it's like, well, you're not going to maintain that. And you're not going to have that lifelong enjoyment of really pursuing health. And that's really what it has to come down to. 100%. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So when you moved to Colorado and you got into hiking, um, I know that you kind of started solo hiking because you didn't have like a lot of community here yet. How did that factor into some of that like body confidence and just confidence in general? Yeah. So that has been also a really cool thing to just reflect on from my own experience. Um, I traded a great community, but no access to the outdoors to access the outdoors with a smaller community. Yes. And at that point in my life, like super worth it, but a whole new set of challenges I have never experienced before. Um, and in general, I, I have really bad anxiety. Um, I'm really fearful a lot of the time, like my safety, especially. And the other thing that's ironic about that though, is I'm also very strong-willed and stubborn. And what I was not about to do was move all the way out here and let my fears get in the way of an experience. Mm-hmm. However, it wasn't easy. And so the first hike I did alone, I remember being super intimidated, not from like a physical standpoint, and I knew I could do it, but just, you know, what if people look at me hiking alone? Are they going to judge me? That was a thought I had. It was mm-hmm. a safety fear. It was, I'm a female. That's a very real fear um, mm-hmm. about being female on the trails alone. You're in remote environments. Um, and again, I ultimately just, again, kept in mind the feeling I would have after that first one, I was really scared. My heart was racing, but what feeling will I have when I'm, when this is all said and done? And I will be really proud of myself. I will feel more confident. I will be accomplished. Um, and so slowly, but surely have started kind of upping the mileage with the solo hikes. And it's really, um, proven a lot to me and helped honestly, even a lot with my anxiety, um, and my confidence, because one thing that I've learned is people are more good than they are bad. Um, I had a, I took a solo trip actually out to Sedona for my birthday this year and did a lot of hiking out there and just everyone you come across on the trails were just so kind so wonderful um moments where at first i might be a little anxious about something i just had proof time and time again that people are just more good than they are bad and that doesn't mean don't be alert that doesn't mean don't have your wits about you by any means but it helped me just kind of get over that fear of the worst thing constantly happening because i force myself to kind of see that that wasn't going to be the case, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so as far as like confidence goes and just, again, appreciation for my actual body, it's like, Hey, not only are you able to do these hikes physically, but I'm so proud to be able to do it mentally. And I, again, I just don't ever want to have my mindset be the thing that gets in the way from experiencing a phenomenal thing. Like that trip is one of the favorite, I travel a lot. And that was one of my favorite trips I've ever taken. And I was alone the entire time. And so I think that's the other thing too, is like, not, not to make this like super deep or not, not, but like we have one life and yeah. I do to my best to my abilities, never want to let my fears get in the way of experiencing. And I think of all the things I would have missed out on if I didn't just let myself try and do it. And so, um, solo hiking is actually now like one of my favorite things to do now. I, now I have a bigger community, but I still like to do it on my own a lot just because yeah. 
you can think about what you want to think about. You can, um, you know, kind of get lost in your own world and in your own world, go at your own pace, not worrying about if you're going slower, breathing heavy or anything. Um, but yeah. So yeah. And you're not always waiting for people. Like I feel like just as an adult, like people are busy and I always find that sometimes I'm like waiting for other people in my life to be able to go and do some of these hikes and adventures. And I think it's really freeing when you can just say like, I can do this alone. You know, I don't have to wait for everybody else to be free finally for mm-hmm. me to like really live my life the way that I want to live it and go out and do totally. the things. And then when you Absolutely. have that body confidence and all of these things on top of it, it's just such a freeing experience. Yeah, I agree. And that was also kind of where it started is I have two of my very best friends in the world about here, but it's like when I first moved here, I was like, if those two are busy, well, okay, now what do I do it by myself? Yeah. And again, I was like, okay, I made this big move and I luckily kind of had that motivation of, I kind of uprooted my life for this. So you yeah. better take it in a little bit. Yes. Um, but, it that exact, but it was that exact mindset of, I can't just wait around for people to be available. If I'm available and I want to do the thing, do the thing. And yeah. it, it created such a vibrant life, I think, because I feel so empowered that I'm getting everything out of this life that I want because I've um, taken the initiative uh, to kind of do that on my own if that's what it takes. So yeah, really cool absolutely. Um, that's super cool. So kind of to circle back to, you made a comment about how when you got injured, you had like kind of started to identify as a runner. And I feel like whether we do this consciously or not, we have these like identifiers that we kind of put, we put ourselves in these boxes, I would say of like, you know, someone might think like, well, I've always been the like super in shape person or the super skinny person or the super like, or on the opposite end, like these negative labels of like the person who, you know, just never works out. Like you label yourself in these ways. So what would your advice be for someone who wants to kind of like get out of this box that they've put themselves in, or they feel like other people identify them by so that they can branch out and grow and just change as a person? Um, that's a great question. I, I'm, I, I do a lot of things like internal work, I guess. And so I would say is, is my advice to, um, to kind of get over that is to ask yourself a couple of questions. The first thing I ask myself is what else could be true? So what else could be true? What's I'm telling myself a story. My story is I'm not, this is OG running days. I'm not a runner. I can't do this. I'm not a runner. So I can't run a half marathon. I'm not allowed to do that because that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. What else could be true? It could be true that that isn't, that is a possibility that I could become a runner. Right. And then the other thing is like, what impact could it have on my life? If I don't try something new, if I don't have this opportunity. And so kind of thinking about those two things has really helped me. Um, and also realizing like nothing's permanent. You can change things at any time of your life if you want. It's never too late. Um, I kind of talked about my dad actually in his ultra marathon running. He was not into fitness whatsoever until he was probably in his early 40s. And wow. now he's running 50 mile races. And um, and so again, it's never too late. So don't think that too much time has passed. That's too late to start. Um, and also again, Think about like the opportunity. What else could be true? You could, all these bad things could happen or it might not work out. It might be intimidating, but it could open up your life to the most um, fulfilling thing that you've ever done in your life. And you won't know that unless you try. Um, so I think those are kind of the things that I think about um, when yeah. you kind of pivot to the identity piece of it. So. It's so true. And like 
also how how are you holding yourself back potentially by just believing this storyline that you've told yourself or that you're letting other people tell you you know and how is that boxing you in from expanding or growing I feel like I had a huge like mental block around like personal success like not even in this category but like it can be in so many different categories and I had a major mental block because of like comments that I had heard about um you know money and success in my field and all these things and I just told myself the same story of like well I'll never be successful as a as a trainer like that's just you know trainers don't make money you know like whatever narrative it is and I told myself that for like a decade and then finally I was like kind of seems like I'm getting in my own way because I literally don't believe in myself at all. Like I've just let these like comments from other people truly seep in and affect how I view myself. And so I think it can happen with how we view our bodies, like labels that other people put on us, um, telling ourselves that we don't have the ability to be someone who works out regularly. There's just so many areas that we can be introspective from time to time and say, why am I telling myself this narrative? And is it really serving me anymore? Right. Yeah. That's a great question too. Is it serving me? And what am I, and also I think too, like, what can I gain from this new experience or from trying this out? And a lot of the times what you gain is far more than anything that you would potentially lose or um, have as a reason to not try to get out of that headspace in that space. So yeah, definitely. So back to kind of like the body image discussion, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you ever still struggle with bad body image days? And if so, how do you cope with that? Yeah, I would be lying if I said I didn't still struggle with that from time to time. I think it's so deeply ingrained in our heads as women. Um, I don't know if that will ever go away, but um, on the days that I do struggle with body image, I just kind of remember, I really do just think about all of the things I have done in my life, all of the, you know, overcoming my knee injury to running that um, first half marathon and just really try to come from a place of appreciation. Um, And just, I think, perspective too. I think about all those, you know, folks out there who maybe aren't um, in, uh, they have injuries themselves or illnesses or things that they go on that I really just try to focus on capability of my body more than anything. And just kind of try to remind myself of those things. And again, self-worth, like I am be, I am more than this like vessel that is yeah. the physical being. And I try to remember, um, like, you know, this is beyond a guest body, but think about my friends, think about my family, think about the connections I've made and things like that. And realize like, that's where my worth comes from. Again, mm-hmm. I keep saying vessel, but like, but not yeah. this vessel, like this is not the most interesting thing about me. Like yes. my mind, the most interesting thing about me is the relationships I have um, the conversations I like to hold and things like that. Like my body is not the most interesting thing about me, regardless of what society and the media want to tell me. And so anytime I'm getting those moments where I'm having those thoughts that shouldn't be there, um, that's what I also just try to remind myself is this is not the most interesting thing about me. And if the people in my life think that they're not the right people in my life. Yeah. And I think it's important to just say out loud that like probably everybody struggles with this, even if you know, we're someone who has made that shift to really prioritize what our body can do. There's still days where like, I struggle with that too, of like feeling like, man, 
you know, negative self-talk. Oh man, I like, I'm really bloated today. I don't like, I'm not lean enough to be a valid, like personal trainer or, you know, just all of these things when you start to get into that comparison game and it's really tough with media, social media, Mm -hmm. all these things. Um, So I think it's normal, but it's so important to come back to that foundation. like, Like you were talking about of what your body's capable of, what your worth is outside of simply your body fat percentage and all of the other awesome parts of life and like kind of removing the thing that's causing that trigger. Like usually there's something that causes, you know, that triggering moment where it's like, I feel like crap about myself and putting yourself in a different headspace where you're around people you love, laughing, doing things that have nothing to do with how your body looks, I think is so important. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. So what would your advice be for women who want to shift their mindset around exercise intentions? You know, meaning like right now, someone who's just really in that crappy spot of feeling like they have to go burn as many calories as possible um, with all of their workouts, punish their bodies. And that that's kind of like what we have to do as women is like, burn the calories. Right. So what would your advice be for kind of getting out of that, the, the starting that process? Um, I would say first kind of think about why, um, like what is my current motivation? What is my current intention? And why is that? Is it because, um, it's been something that I've, I've been telling myself, is it because there's people around me that maybe shouldn't be around me? So first, like kind of getting to the root of why I'm feeling this way to begin with. Um, something that I did a lot when I was first getting into running the second time around for the right reasons. Um, I actually listened to mindset podcasts, um, alongside my workouts that actually made a huge difference because there were so many direct core or I put them together as direct correlations. The podcasts themselves could probably go, you know, to various facets of your life, but I directly correlated it to so much of what I was doing with my exercise and what I wanted to get out of it. And it really helped me just sit down and write down my new intention and my mm. new goal. And for me, that ultimately turned into proved my goal was proved to myself that I can do things I didn't once think I could do. Mm. And that I really liked because it was, I don't want to say easy, but, but it takes it away from a number. It takes it away from something that's measurable, like a scale or a, yeah. a size or something like that. And so when I changed my intention to be something that wasn't anything that had numbers in it or was measurable. I feel like that's really when my mindset started to switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and just find gratitude in the small things. Um, you kind of said something similar to this earlier, but in my job, I say this a lot, but the process is the result. Mm-hmm. And so there were some um, runs that as I got a little bit more um, experienced with it, still didn't go the way I had planned, but were still pretty good runs. And I would think, hey, you just ran five miles however many years ago, you couldn't even run one mile. That is a huge accomplishment in and of itself. And you should be proud of that. And so celebrating the the wins along the way. So um, if you're in a, again, a mindset of um, more of like, how small can I be? How many calories can I burn? Really challenge yourself to celebrate the, the wins along the way of, hey, you know what? This time when I had a thought that wasn't the most positive to myself, I redirected it. That's a win. Celebrate that. Yeah. Um, if you are at the gym and you end up getting um, through a few of your sets and you're not checking your watch for how many calories you've burned yet, that's a win. Celebrate that. Yes. And so and constantly like celebrating the wins that aren't based off of numbers alone and the smaller behaviors really does go a long way. And over time, 
helps develop that as your kind of default, as opposed to having yeah. it be as active and as intentional as it will feel in the very beginning. That's so true. Cause it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, we're both talking about this kind of on the other side for the most part, like we said, we both have our days, but it is a process. I feel like it took me years of like years. really rerouting those thoughts and, and not obsessing over how my body looked. And if I looked valid enough as a trainer and if I looked lean enough and all of these things and it's so tough to reroute that especially when it's in our faces everywhere mm -hmm. um so it definitely takes time and a lot of that internal work but I love what you said about just setting some intentions and goals that have nothing to do with how your body looks and more of just appreciating the process mm -hmm. and something too that I've learned from these podcasts is too is like your mind like sees what you're thinking about like your reality is your kind of where your head is. And so if you're at least really trying to think and focus on the things that aren't related to numbers or specifically weight loss or calories or uh, things like that, um, that's what you'll, again, eventually over time start to see naturally. And that's what you'll eventually focus on. And so um, the more you can put those, those things in front of you and be intentional about it, it won't be as, um, challenging mentally eventually because yeah. it will become the default and so mm -hmm. it also is like patience and like you said it's not overnight but it will happen you just gotta make sure that you're putting the time and being intentional about it early on and, and it's so worth it to have that mental freedom where you're not obsessing about all the calories you burn and looking a certain way that like maybe your body's just not truly not intended to look like you're I think we feel like we have to look like this person that person and society has told women that they have to be like as small as possible when that just yep. might not be your frame. Like it. And so stop like really actively working towards not conforming to that and just feeling mm -hmm. like, well, if I'm not small, then I am a failure. I'm not healthy. I'm not fit. And that's so not true. Like health and fitness are so separate from how small you are. <laughs> There's so yes, much more to it. And, yeah. and I think too, when I was in that mindset, for sure, of the burn, 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 how small can I be? That person, I love her and I appreciate her. And she's somehow, some way gotten me here. She's a part of my whole story, my journey. That person, I don't think could do what I do now, if that makes sense physically. Like, I just think yeah. I had no energy. I was tired all the time. Yes. I was again just burning and thinking about it like constantly. And it was, it wasn't until I finally started opening up to some friends about it that I was like, it's not normal to necessarily to like, think about this all the time or healthy. I should say it's not healthy yeah. for your entire thoughts to be consumed around consumed calories, consumed calories burned. And, and that again, being on the other side, it's, it's just exhausting to look back on and think yes. that took up so much of my mental space. And, exactly. um, and again, it's like, now I can do things that I wasn't physically able to. And so that appreciation too, I think has been something that's been a really cool thing to compare to the journey, I guess I've been on overall. So that's so inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing about yeah. that. I really hope that this episode is just a reminder for women everywhere that like your fittest, most vibrant, confident self might not necessarily be your smallest self and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to work out with that pursuit in mind all the time. Um, yeah. and there's so much, there's so much beyond that. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences and for coming on today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was so great. And again, yeah, if anyone can take anything away from that, that would just mean the world because it's truly, it's a lifelong journey that never ends, but 
the more you can celebrate those wins and appreciate what your body can do, I think the more fulfilling of a life you'll have, which that's what we're all after anyway. So absolutely. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you again, Katie. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Fit for Hiking podcast. As always, I hope it leaves you feeling inspired and informed on how to take your health and adventure into your own hands. For more content like this, be sure to follow along with my daily posts at ponytail underscore on a trail. That's ponytail underscore on a trail. You can also stay up to date on my new episodes being released at fit underscore for hiking and find more free resources at ponytailonatrail.com. Happy and healthy trails.